And I just thought that was random. Radio Drone. It's another week, so it's another Radio Drone. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil the TV Man himself. Um, sure. I don't know. I'm trying to tie it into the theme. Shut up. <laughs> Peter won't be joining us this week. He had some emergency, not in a bad way, but he had to do something where he's not able to be here at our scheduled time. So it'll just be Cecil and I. So Cecil, you can go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME. You would get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. All you would have to do is use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com the same bat time on the same bat channel. Butt channel. Ha! So we're going to talk about TV tonight. We're going to talk about specifically when a movie or a, a movie franchise moves to the small screen and why that usually, not always, usually doesn't work out so hot. So, Cecil, I know you watched a lot of TV growing up. What would be your first pick for a good movie-to-TV series? By that, I mean a good movie that also was a good TV series, because there are some where I, I know you and I love, like, Alien Nation, but that wasn't a very good movie, but that was a fantastic TV series. So, good movie to good TV series. Uh, good movie to good TV series. First, I will go with Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is a fantastic movie that Agreed. made for a hilarious animated series. The first, the, the movie was just a brilliant, you know, take on it, on black exploitation. We talked about it last week. The animated series did follow that up, but it kind of played it through a little bit differently. And it wasn't, it didn't play up the parody quite as much as the movie did, but it did a lot of things in its own way that made it hilarious. I absolutely adored both. I, I mean, I like the movie better, but the animated series is drop drop down fall down funny it's so freaking good and i'm also going to go with buffy the vampire slayer i think that the movie was entertaining and good but then you can see what whedon was going for with the tv series because he had always said that the movie turned out not exactly as he had wanted it to and it was like well huh and then you see the tv series and it's like oh i get it now you know, even though, as we've said before, I know you don't like Whedon, but I think that Whedon is a good director and a good writer, but as a horse's ass as a person, I do love Buffy. And uh, so that uh, I enjoy the movie, but I, I adore the TV series. Well, for the rest of this episode, let's leave animated out for now. Let, let, let's stick with live action to live action, okay? Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to go Alien Nation, but I didn't know we were going to go good to good. Uh, I wanted to start with that because most of the times when a movie becomes a TV show, it's not good. So I wanted to start a little more positive because, like, Alien Nation, I thought the movie, it was okay at best. Alien Nation, it's not a good movie, but it's not a terrible movie. Kind of like what you just said with Buffy. The pilot of the TV series is what the movie was supposed to be, and you go... I get it now. Yeah, because that was the thing when I, because I remembered like enjoying the movie. Like it was like okay, like you said, it was okay. It had a lot of really cool concepts, but it just wasn't quite executed as good as it could have been. The pilot really was the movie, just on a smaller budget, but done infinitely better. And like you said, it's like, oh, this this totally is, you know, is better. Loved the TV show and then the uh, the four movies that accompanied it afterwards. Um, Which I, was kind of a second, eight-episode second season, if you think about it. Well, that was really what they had planned it out to be. It was like they, they couldn't get the okay to do a season two, so X amount of years later, they were able to do the miniseries, you know, uh, movie or the movies to kind of round out and give the series some closure. So it was really cool, and it actually showed that the, the network believed in it because they gave them a chance to finish out the storyline because how many shows come along where it's just canceled and that's it 
But this at least had a big enough cult audience with it that they were able to pull that off. Because I know the movies weren't, they weren't, I mean, weren't expensive, expensive, but they weren't cheap. The biggest problem with the, with the movies for me was the beginning of Dark Horizon because the TV series ended in 1990. The first movie, Dark Horizon, was in 1994 and it takes place seconds after the end of the TV series. And all of the characters got noticeable, all the actors, I mean, got noticeably older, including the teenage girl character who <laughs> now looks like she's 20 years old, but her character is still like 15. I, that didn't work so hot, that part. Yeah, well, that kind of, um, there was them just going slightly off tangent for a minute, but that was the, uh, the movie, the, the Patriot, where it kind of went in the opposite direction. Uh, Mel Gibson went away for a couple of years and his daughter was like five and he returned and she was still five. So, the with this, it was, yeah, they had the, the distance between it and yeah, everybody, grew up. I mean, you can do certain things with makeup to kind of de-age the actors and um but yeah, it, it taking place a few years later and the the little girl had grown up and uh it's and, uh, and, and, and also and, and also Sykes's hair because he oh, had short yeah, hair in the line. TV series and he had a long mullet in the first movie mm-hmm. and again, these takes place seconds apart. The the Dark Horizon the movie picks up exactly where the TV show left off and in that 20 or so second Seconds between the two, Sykes grew a mullet. Sykes grew a mullet, and uh, Sean Six, the uh, the son, like gained a few pounds. Like, yeah, he was a little meatier. He was a little. He had a he had a fatter face, and I mean, he wasn't fat, but like he he definitely you know put on a couple of pounds. And it just it's just that kind of thing that you notice. So I mean, the thing is, when I had seen it, I watched the show. It ended, and then X amount of years later, I picked up the series. You know, you didn't notice it at the time, but then if you watch, you know, if you barrel through the series, then you go right through the movies. You do notice it like wait a minute so uh yeah but uh, kudos for them for for doing that though i mean it uh, it it really like once you kind of get over that initial shock and it's more funny than anything you just kind of move on from there i'd rather you know a little thing like that where uh time went by than uh, to have them not do it or have them have a different starting point well, but see, I was going to go for a good TV series for a good movie. Now, the sequels, I'm not a, a fan of after part two, but Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I loved that show. And fuck you, Fox, for canceling that show on a goddamn cliffhanger. Well, that's Fox is infamous for doing that. A lot of TV networks are infamous for that. They get they get egotistical. They think it's going to, you know, they think it's going to be a hit. And then, uh, you know, they don't give it any closure. It, it sucks. And it's it all the fans are the ones who end up suffering. Uh, I can't there. We, we should probably do a, an episode on that of uh, shows that were canceled on cliffhangers. So I have a freaking huge list. There are lots of TV shows based on movies that people forgot about. Like, and I don't I don't mean you because, you know, you're a geek, but <laughs> but how many people out there remember the Ferris Bueller TV show that starred this unknown actress named Jennifer Aniston in it? Yeah, I I had never seen that when it was on. It, so was, it was only some, on six times. It was only on. Yeah, uh, it, it's something that happened like a while later where it was like, wait a minute, they did what? So, I mean, I've known about it for a while, but uh, I think at the time, most people, for whatever reason, avoided it. It was probably I have a feeling it probably wasn't good. It, it it was not good. It, it was Parker Lewis can't lose. The ripoff of Ferris Bueller was way better than the actual Ferris Bueller TV show, and that's weird when you think about it. Yeah, although Parker Lewis can't lose is pretty terrific. I, I enjoyed that, but it was also a blatant Ferris Bueller the movie ripoff too. Oh yeah, but you know, hey man, I mean we've we've talked about it before. Ripoffs are not always a bad thing. I mean, uh, think of how many slasher movies came along that uh, you know would not have existed if not for the uh, you know the Halloweens and the Friday the Thirteenth and you know that uh, have happened. So yeah, I mean, a little ripoff here and there on a TV show, and as long as it's not a complete copy paste, because the basic premise is there. But Parker Lewis Can't Lose does feel like its own thing. Because it was on Fox. It felt very more... It's hard to describe, guys, if you didn't grow up in the 90s. Fox shows had a very Fox feel to them. Oh, yeah. They really did. Because they were... See, the whole thing with Fox back then um, was they were going against the green. They were doing things differently. So Married with Children, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, 21 Jump Street. Um, uh, b- 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 uh, Alien Nation. Alien Nation. But I'm, I'm trying to think of the 
The one, the one where the kid was a spy. Well, his dad was a spy. Adventures of Beans Baxter. The Adventures of Beans Baxter. Thank you. Which uh, I have on on. I got a TV rip around here somewhere. Yeah, the the Adventures of Beans Baxter. They all had a very unique Fox feel to them. I mean, now it's so far beyond. But I mean, even the X Files was a very like you know that's the kind of show that would not have been on you know ABC, NBC, and all that. All these shows had a very distinct Fox feel to them. And now Fox, you know, once they kind of got big, they became like everybody else. But um, but back then, there were shows that just, they, they had their own vibe. Do you remember that somebody made the bread idea to turn Fast Times at Ridgemont High into a CBS sitcom? I do remember that. And wasn't there, um, wasn't there also Square Pegs, which was a, a like, it was a ripoff of... Like kind of a combination of Fast Times and like something I, I, else. I think so, but but th- these are years apart. I think Fast Times wasn't till like '86 or something mm-hmm. like that. Dean Cameron, Chainsaw from Summer School with Spicoli. Now I love Dean Cameron. Wow, did that not work? No, I'm the same way. Dean Cameron is really funny, and I I appreciate his honesty because uh, he um I don't I think it got taken down, but um I know he had a list of all the movies he worked on. I think you pointed it out. To yeah, me. his website used to, and he would talk about not not what was good, what went wrong on every single movie or TV project he he was involved yeah. in. It was, hey, you know, this one was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. All right, this one I did because I, I owed a favor for this. And this one was awful. They, you know, it just, it was really funny. I, I love seeing that kind of candor, uh, from, from people. Uh, Michael Madsen did that as well. Yeah, he, I could, him being in summer school, good. Him as Spicoli, not quite. I could almost see, uh, Dave from Chainsaw and Dave being more of a Spicoli. Because he kind of has that more, do- he had the more doofy attitude. Most people don't even remember this movie. Do you remember the Michael Keaton movie Gung Ho, the one about, in the I- irony of history, how Japan came in to revitalize, De- I think it was, De- uh, and maybe it wasn't Detroit, but like, uh, a car plant. It's a very kind of racist in the way they treat the Japanese. You remember that? The Michael Keaton movie, Gung Ho? Oh yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think that it was particularly racist. I think what it was, was you had all of these American guys, uh, that have been, I don't think it was Detroit, but I think it was supposed to be quote unquote Detroit. But I don't, if, as far as I know, they don't, they don't ever say, but it was a car plant where the Japanese came over and kind of re- were trying to revitalize it. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, what the whole point of it was, was for these guys to see things from a different perspective and how, uh, you know, the, the Japanese tradition was and how they, you know, uh, it's not necessarily that they should embrace it, but each side, should kind of meet in the middle. And I think that was kind of the thing. It was that, I guess you could say racially insensitive in the beginning, but they grew. And that is the sign of how, you know, you want to do something. You don't just magically come in and everybody, uh, oh, we all agree and we all get along. It was like they grew as people and they all got along together. Um, but I remember the TV series because I thought the movie was funny. Um, but I didn't quite understand it as much when I was younger. I understood a lot more when I got older. There's a lot of economic uh, politics in the movie. A lot of economic politics and not as many like Japanese jokes as I thought there would be. But they're all in the trailer. Uh, they're pretty much all in the trailer. You know, oblique, oblique, that's all, folks. The TV series, I think they wanted to go with a little more sitcom-y vibe, if oh, I yeah. remember. And uh, most of the Japanese cast from the movie came over to play their same characters. But, of course, Michael Keaton wasn't going to. So Scott Bakula played his role. And that, I love Scott Bakula. He's not Michael Keaton. They're, they're different characters. I don't care if they have the same name. They're not the same character. Yeah, I can't see. I mean, Michael Keaton can uh, is one of those actors that really can do silly and he can do serious. And I love Scott Bakula, too. But I think that as silly as he got was probably Quantum Leap. And but he normally does pretty like not serious, serious, but he does the right vibe of of he does like I I don't I don't know what to what to categorize it at. But yeah, I can't see him being a good replacement. Was uh, was Getty Watanabe in there? Yep, he was. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, you know, I guess they weren't doing 16 Candles 2, so he well, wasn't wasn't coming back as Long Duck Dong. Remember when somebody got the bright idea after Animal House was a hit? Hey, this would make a great sitcom. Remember Delta House? And a lot of the actors, like Bruce McGill and everybody, actually came over 
to do Animal House on television, and wow, did that not work? I know about this in name only. Like, I've never, I mean, I've seen Animal House, obviously, but I've never seen, uh, the, the show. I just, I think of the TV version of Animal House still being more sanitized. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's awful. There's no, you, there are some things you can't pull off, and that sounds like something that just is, no, new. No. How about, now, this one I'm being technical, because technically the movie and the and the TV show don't have anything to do with each other, especially on a legal basis. You ever see the 70s movie Moonrunners? Moonrunners. Uh, I don't believe so. Moonrunners was a movie by Guy Waldron. It was about two cousins in a small southern community, one who's proficient with a bow. They're bootleggers. They live with their elderly uncle and their hot niece. They drive a car with the doors welded shut with a Confederate flag on the roof while they're trying to outwit a sleazy businessman in town and the corrupt sheriff. Oh, and it's also narrated by Waylon Jennings. Ah, uh, okay. You know what? I knew, I was like, I'm like, this kind of, yeah, because they were running Moonshine, and then it, the TV series was Dukes of Hazard. Right, but for legal reasons, none of the characters have the same names, and it's got a different title. So that's why, technically, Moonrunners is not the basis, the legal basis for Dukes of Hazard. But in reality, you watch Moonrunners, and you're like, this was an R-rated pilot for Dukes of Hazard. It really was. There was a time where I was, like, obsessed with the Dukes of Hazzard. I, I still really enjoy it. Of course you but, were. But, um, uh, what, what do you mean, of course I was? Dude, it was the car, and, like, it was just Daisy Duke and all that. It was, like, it was what was you thought of was cool in, like, the 80s. Like, I would look at the old, like, not the TV guides, but, like, when you got the Sunday newspaper, it came with the, the TV sheet. There was a show called The Duchess of Duke Street. And I remember, I'm like, oh, it's got to be a spinoff of The Dukes of Hazard. And I'm like, what's with all these British people? Like, <laughs> I'm no, like... Enos was the spinoff of Dukes of Hazard. Enos, oh my god, I forgot about Enos. Enos moved from Hazard County to Los Angeles and became a private detective when he lost his badge. Wacky adventures in Dude, for a season. I I need I need this in my life. <laughs> I'm not joking. That really happened. That sounds that sounds brilliant. <laughs> okay. Speaking of not technically part of the source material, but really, you remember the uh, Martin Scorsese film Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore? That oh made, yeah, yeah 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 that was made Alice. into that was made into the sitcom Alice Kiss Margaret's and you look at those two things and they could not be farther apart. They they are completely. Uh, aside from sharing a, a, a name, which they only partially do. To be fair, in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, she is, she does move to a new town after she gets dejected and divorced, and she gets a job at a diner with, you know, the other waitresses and, you know, the, the curmudgeon cook. I mean, premise is still there. It's just not a comedy. Dingy! There was, there was nobody was being called a dingy. Uh, yeah, it, wow. That's, that's, yeah, and that's, um, and wasn't, didn't Alice end and then became something else too? Oh, no, it came with Flo's. Yeah, was, I, was I, it, I think it got a, I think Flo got her own spinoff after a while. I think Flo got her own spinoff. I don't spin think off. that lasted long. No, I don't think so either, because Flo is, is a, uh, support character, not really a main character. Yeah, but I remember, uh, that, like, but I, I had seen Alice a long time before I saw, uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. So I didn't even know that the two were connected, and it was like, wait a minute, that is, alright, this is like really serious and depressing, and the, the show is like uplifting and funny. I mean, and not, like, cause you know, they all kind of get along, and, and it's like, ah, it sucks, we're waiter, you know, we're waitresses, but, you know, we have a good life, uh, you know, and, and they, they wanna do more, but like, I, I don't know, like, it, it is, uh, it is quite a departure though. You wanna talk about another departure? Now, I only thought Working Girl was an okay movie. Do you remember the TV series starring Nana Visitor? And Sandra Bullock? No. And I was just going to say, I, I thought for a minute of uh, It's a Living, but I, I believe that that was just its own thing. I don't yeah, think yeah, that It's that... a Living had nothing to do with Alice. It's a Living had nothing to do with, well, not Alice, with um, Working Girls. Nana Visitor as Sigourney Weaver's character and Sandra Bullock as Melanie Griffith's character. 
I like both actresses. Wow, that's not good casting, though. Was this pre or post Love Potion number nine? Uh, this is 89, so. Okay, cause Love Potion number nine was what broke her right before speed, so. Well, Working Girl only lasted like a dozen episodes, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I never, I, I didn't see it, but, um, it's, I didn't really care for Working Girl all that much, so, or Working Girls or whatever, so I, I, probably why I didn't watch the show. Well, do you remember? No, technically they had a TV series of this in the 50s as well, but nobody remembers that. The 1983 Casablanca TV series? No! What? Six episodes, it was a prequel, it was all about Rick's adventures beforehand, with David Soule taking over, and the bartender was Ray Liotta. Oh my god, really? Yes, and now, I haven't seen the episodes in 30 years, but I do remember them looking really good, lots of... I, I know how weird this sounds, but the cinema nerd in me, I remember great lighting. And then when I looked it up last night, yeah, I had won an Emmy for cinematography. So I'm probably remembering the great lighting thing pr- properly. So they had kind of a noir-like TV show. For now, six episodes. For six episodes. It, I'm guessing it was serious. Oh, yeah. No, it, this was not a sitcom or anything. This was meant to be a prequel to Casablanca. It's Rick's adventures before the movie. Huh. Interesting. That's something I'd be curious to check out. I'm it's on not... DVD now. The whole series is on DVD. Really? Huh. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Now, one that I love. Do you remember the Shaft TV series? No. I uh, I only know the, you know, Shaft, Shaft Goes to Africa and Shaft's Big Score. Uh, I never saw the, the TV series. The TV series was quite good. And first of all, it's technically not even a TV series. The episodes ran in 90-minute time slots, so without commercials, each episode's like an hour 15. So it's basically seven TV movies, if you really want to break it down. And Richard Roundtree came back as Shaft, and these were really good 70s television. I remember watching these on TNT in the 90s and went, you know, you take out some of the and the tits these are as good as the damn movies there were a lot of really good cop shows in the 70s like they had it down like it just uh they they had really interesting stories and they would keep you tied in and uh you know some of them you know like some things like chips and whatnot had a lot of silly episodes there were a lot of good uh 70s cop shows so that doesn't surprise me that uh the shaft show ended up being good how long what one season seven episodes and like i said okay seven tv movies whatever you want to say because when the episodes are an hour 15 without commercials that that's a tv movie yeah well that's a movie hell i saw a 65 minute movie the other day i'm like this is not a this is just a long tv show but but hour 15 without commercials that's that's almost because then you throw credits on there you could stretch them out get it to uh, uh hour 20 that's a movie what about Police Academy, the series? Not the cartoon. Do you remember the 1997 live action show? I do remember it because they were making a huge fuss about it. And I like the Police Academy movies. They're stupid, but they're funny. I've been promising a Police Academy retrospective on this show for years. We will eventually get to it. And I will subject you guys to at least the pilot of the TV series. Yeah, I I remember watching that. I remember going, ah. I've only seen the pilot in recent years. I watched the show when it was on in 97, but in recent years, I only watched the pilot. And I I hated myself because I snickered at a couple of the jokes. There were a couple of jokes that I thought, okay, that was actually kind of funny. And I hated myself for that. Eh, you know what? If you find something funny, it's funny. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. Who knows? My my sense of humor is uh, is pretty juvenile. And, uh, like, and I still was, I think, was Michael Winslow, like, the only one who was in it? He was the only regular. Michael Winslow was the only regular. He was a, you know, now, um, he was an instructor at the Academy. Thankfully, they did not recast most of the roles. It's almost all new characters. Like, Joe Flattery as the Commandant is the brother of the Commandant from the movies and things Mm. like that. They did have regular guest appearances. I'd say, because the show lasted only one season, so 20-some episodes, maybe a dozen episodes, had an appearance from Hooks or Hightower or Tackleberry or some character from the movies. So the characters from the movies did appear, but Michael Winslow was the only regular. Yeah, I I would be worth... Uh, it would be worth, I would, uh, be cool with eventually checking it out, you know, when, I mean, that's one we're gonna have to, you know, decide, alright, like two months from now, we're gonna, cause I mean, that's a lot to go through. Well, and then there was, I loved Mortal Kombat in the 90s. 
even I couldn't get into Mortal Kombat Conquest with a game. Oh, I loved Conquest. I, okay, well, first of all, I loved Mortal Kombat. You know, the, the, these the TV show is not based on the games. It's based on the Paul Anderson movie. I can't remember if this was before or after Annihilation, so let's leave that out for now. But it's based on, you know, the, the visual style and everything is based on the movie. And I loved that. And then when I found out this whole thing is a period thing, you know, set in, like, feudal Japan, I was like, oh. I wanted this set in modern times, like Highlander the series. You could have flashbacks, but I didn't want a whole period show for Mortal Kombat. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, took place, or I'm sorry, uh, it was after um, the second movie. I like, uh, I just, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, And I was annoyed because at the time, it kept getting preempted because of wrestling. And I was, I was like, I just want to watch, you know, like it would either, they would, they would have wrestling and wrestling would run long and I would watch, I'd be able to catch like the last 15 minutes of it or something. But what they did was it didn't focus on, uh, on who's the main, not, um, not Johnny Cage. The whole thing took place in like feudal Japan. Yeah, but it, it was it, it was Kung it was Kung Lao, uh, and then they had Ciro, who was supposed to be uh, Johnny Cage, and they had Taja, who was from a very I think a nineteen year old Christina Loken. They had so a cute though. Oh my so god, I then. I was like, who is this girl? I love her immediately. They had a lot of like Playboy playmates in there as like evil sorceresses and stuff. A, a lot of wrestlers as villains too. A lot of wrestlers as villains, which was funny because they ended up because it was so so often preempted from. Uh, from wrestling i i liked it it, it had cornball cgi and uh, i actually i like picked it up at a um at a uh a comic book festival one time they were uh they were selling rips of it and uh i was like i will gladly get this so i could finally watch the whole thing because there was i missed so probably half the episodes because they all got preempted but uh i liked it i thought it you know they had good fight choreography it was about on par with like the i mean I would say it was, it looked about as good as the second movie, but it was actually better than this. It was better written than the second movie. The second movie is stupid. So awful. Well, one that most people forget, people remember the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cartoon. They had a live action show too for one season. Remember Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures? That's another one in name only. I, I've never, uh, never seen it. I, I, I remember catching just one or two episodes and went, nope, not doing this. Nope, I, I can't do it. But then you have ones where I'm totally torn on like the 1994 Robocop TV series. It was neutered like crazy. They couldn't show violence. They couldn't have people being shot. Robocop would have to use his gun to, like, shoot the leg off of a dresser, which would fall over on the bad guy. He had a net gun. Because this was the fallout of the Power Rangers are too violent. So, you know, all the TV stations said, we don't want violence. Well, you got Robocop the TV show. But the reason I love it, all the satire elements of the movies are just totally on display. The show is funny as hell where it's supposed to be, and it's just brutal, anti-corporate, anti-1990s satire. But all the violence is so neutered, it wrecks the show. Does that sound weird how it works but doesn't? Initially, I was on the fence with it because Robocop's one of my all-time favorite movies. And, you know, again, being a TV show, like you were saying with the fallout of the Power Rangers, uh, where it was, they had to be safe. I thought that they did a decent enough job, though, where... They didn't play up that there wasn't that much violence in it because the writing and the satire and everything was so on point. So I ended up really enjoying the TV series. I liked it for what it was. No, it was not as good as one and two, but I think that it it was its own thing and it ended up being good in spite of the lack of violence. It was way better than the the movie from a couple years ago, the reboot of a couple years ago. Do you remember... You know, West, Westworld is this huge, everyone, oh, Westworld, Westworld, Westworld. Hey guys, I watched the Westworld TV show in 1980, back when it was called Beyond Westworld for three episodes. Who else remembers Beyond Westworld? I do. Uh, I remember Westworld and Future World, but, uh, I never saw the other, <laughs> I never saw either the, the old or new TV series. The new TV series is pretentious crap, but we're not gonna get into that. Eh, that's what it looked like. But then you also have stuff like, Remember in the late 90s, Conan the Adventurer with Rolf Mueller? Mm, I don't think so. I know yeah. there's been a lot of, uh, you know, sword and sorcery, you know, Beastmaster and all that stuff, but uh, I, I don't 
remember the Conan. I remember the Sheena TV series. Well, I remember the Sheena TV series too. Gina Lee Nolan. Gina Lee Nolan, yeah. Strangely enough, what I remember about that is, it's maybe the fourth or fifth episode, Tom Savini's in it as like a bounty hunter. And I just thought that was random. (laughs) He owed somebody a favor. Yeah, it's like, well, that was a random actor to cast for that, but okay. One that I love, it's both good and bad, is Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares, the reason it's good is the same reason it's bad. New Line didn't care. They considered Freddy's Nightmares in 1988 to literally, and Tom Shea of New Line says it right on camera in the documentary. We did not care. This was nothing more than a marketing tool for us. So, unfortunately, they didn't allot the Freddy's Nightmares TV show a whole lot of money. That also meant the writers and directors could pretty much do any goddamn thing they wanted. As long as they didn't violate FCC rules or go over budget, they really had no restraints. And there are some good episodes. Most of them don't involve Freddy. The show lasted 44 episodes. Other than hosting every episode Cryptkeeper style, maybe 18, that Freddy is actually part of the plot. And it's, ironically enough, the non-Freddy episodes that are some of the better, there are some of the better ones. I actually like it, other than the fact that it's hideous looking. They didn't have a whole lot of budget, Cecil, so they decided to shoot it on videotape. Soap opera videotape. So the episodes look cheap as hell. They're, they're seriously hard to watch in some cases because of how physically ugly, how visually ugly the show is. But it did have some good writing, despite what people like William Malone and others say about how... I mean, William Malone outright told me when I was interviewing him, man, this was not a good show, but it was fun to work on. It was a show... I didn't see all the episodes. I caught them kind of here and there, because they were... It was on at a weird time. Yeah, it was kind of like here and there. I think it was like Sunday or Sundays or Saturdays at like 7 or so. It was just a very odd time. But um I know I caught a few of them. And uh yeah, it's... Uh, there is a certain amount of something to where things will fly under the radar they can get away with more because they're not expensive and they oh can Oh my just... god did you do you, you realize how much just this side of showing nipple nudity there was in Freddy's Nightmares? Oh really? My god they got away with so much when it came to skin in this show. Jeez. No, I I don't know. That's that's funny. I don't remember that at all. I just remember, uh, I remember, you know, Freddie doing some of the, you know, Crypt Keeper style intros and then, uh, it, uh, I, I would like to, I think it's on DVD, isn't it? Nope. No. Uh, well, there's a few episodes on the complete, uh, on the, all, the whole movie box set. They put on a couple of ones because the show had some interesting, not famous guest stars on it, like Brad Pitt starred in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, which I'm sure, okay, l- l- let's put it this way. Cecil, I love Brad Pitt. You watch his Freddy's Nightmares and you will never see the future superstar in this. He's awful in his episode. Well, you can tell, you can tell he doesn't want to be there for a second. Some actors, like where I remember I was talking about, I forget what movie it was, but there was an actor or actress who was like previously good and all of a sudden they're in this movie and they're bad. And it's like, look, some actors will be there with the director that can pull that performance out of them. So eventually, like especially early on in their career, but uh, eventually, you know, you do get a Brad Pitt, you know, where years later, you know, he can just he he can do uh, a, a wide variety of stuff. But early on, they're not into it. They need a director that can really pull that performance out of them because you don't always have somebody like Lance Henriksen. So where he's like, I'm getting paid, I'm going to give 100 percent. You know, he will go in and regardless of the quality of the movie, you can never say that he half assed it. He always goes in and gives it the full performance and I full he gives it the full ass. Like, I think that uh, there's a lot more bad movies that probably would be better if uh, you had actors that actually like cared we brought up sandra bullock earlier do you remember the net the tv series yeah i remember the net the net was um it was the different... usa now the usa but no i was thinking the girl uh was um uh she was very pretty she she did look a lot like sandra bullock but i totally am blanking on her name uh she had been in maxim a couple times yeah i remember the the tv series it was silly 
because they they took the uh the, well, the movie was silly too. Well, the the movie was silly too. It's like I, I you know I'm no uh, computer genius, but I understand lingo to a certain degree, and I'm like, yeah, you can't do any of this. You can't do some of the stuff in the 1995 movie today that they were having dial-up internet do. Well, it was that and like dumb things like you know, Sandra Bullock is constantly talking to herself. And, uh, she has to narrate for dumb people in the audience, don't yeah, you that, know? Yeah, I know. That was kind of the thing. And it was just, it was funny where it's like, can you do all, and it's like, no, you can't do, like, like, there are things that, yeah, things in that movie that you can't do today. Well, Hackers was the same way. You had these, you know, I viruses are- as a sci-fi movie. I, I know it says it's set in 1995. I look at Hackers as like a cyberpunk movie that got the time period wrong. Well, it, it could, Hackers could be like 19XX. You know, it's the, it's yes. the alternate future that we didn't get that we should you know we we kind of got a little bit you know but we didn't get rollerblading kids with it it's kind of a little bit of shadow run in there as well you know with them going uh, to like you know the the high buildings so they can hack into the thing to get into the the leader of the fbi and all that stuff but yeah the net was uh, i remember watching it and it went it that went for a couple seasons didn't it it went for one season 24 for, episodes really i remember yeah. that being wow i thought I, I, okay i'm gonna place. wager usa because the show cost a lot, they probably ran it for three or four years, but they were the same episodes over and over again. Wow. Okay. Uh, Brooke Langton. Brooke Langton was the, uh, the Sandra Bullock, uh, Andra, Angela Bennett. It's funny though, because the movie, the movie had a very definitive ending, and basically the TV series was just the movie turned into a series. Yeah, the, 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 the TV series was a reboot. It was not a continuation. Yeah, it was which is something a... that, you know, sometimes when a, when a movie becomes a TV show, it's a continuation. Like Buffy or something like that, where the events of the other movie happened, but now we're going in this direction. And sometimes, we're just gonna remake the pilot and move on again, like Weird Science. Hated that show, <laughs> but remember the pilot was basically the movie again, done for cable. Yeah, the only reason I watched that it was because Vanessa Angel. I knew um, you were gonna say that. I well, you know, hey, I'm a simple guy. No, leave the sex angle out. The only reason to watch that show now is Lee Turgeson as Bill Paxton. Oh he yeah, was, he was amazing. I mean, seriously, he even got Bill Paxton's mannerisms down. It, it, it honestly looks like Bill Paxton got a face lift, or you know, he had a guy. He t- had his face off. He took his, if face you will. Off. Yeah, he. You're stupid, but what? He very much was channeling Bill Paxton. I mean, Bill Paxton in Weird Science kills it. But yeah, he, Lee just was something else in the series. I'm I'm with you on that. Like I I watched it initially for Vanessa Angel, but then like the more they cut, like I wanted more with Chet. And I and the thing is but though, his character is such a douche. I mean, okay. In oh the yeah, movie, he's, he's, in the he's movie a, he learns his lesson. He does not learn his lesson in the TV show. Well, did we we? It didn't stick around long enough to know if he learned his lesson. You know, like three seasons. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the movie. Oh, like, yeah. you know, we don't know if he learned his lesson. He got uh he got turned back and, uh, you know, he didn't have the the whale's testicles. But uh, <laughs> like it just it kind of ended with him like, oh, you know, back to normal. But yeah, the, that was. The, but the beauty of it was that he was such a jerk. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you you would hate him in reality, but you'd love him in a TV show. One of the things that I don't like when a movie becomes a TV show is that you have to come up with a movie style reason for the tv show to exist every week like do you remember fx the series i remember it but i never watched it well you remember what the premise of the movie was right the first Mm -hmm. movie at least oh yeah the first movie is great well for those that don't know fx was the cia or specifically a rogue organization within the cia hires a movie special effects wizard a la uh tom savini or screaming mad george kind of person fake an assassination for them but then they really assassinate the guy and they got to get rid of the, you know, all the witnesses. And so he uses his special effects skills to survive. They turned that into a TV show where every week it was that. He was on the run and still trying to deal with all of these things. And every episode, so lasted two seasons of so 44 episodes, Cecil. Every episode opened the same way as the movie did. Sci-fi, horror, whatever. You know, there's a monster killing somebody and then cut! And then it's him on the set of a movie, and then something happens, and he's got to go work for this organization again. And it's like, yeah, you know, for the movie, that made that was a nice little fake-out intro. When you do that every single episode, 
it's not really a fake out anymore. It's a crutch, isn't it? Yeah, that they kind of did that in a, in a similar way with sliders and uh, what was the other show? Totally forget the other. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, Smallville. Like they would always like it, like they had crutches that they would fall back on. And for the first like couple seasons and finally they got beyond that and they moved on. But, yeah, I could see that getting like really annoying where it's like, all right, we, we, we've done this already. We know she's not actually being chased by a witch down the street throwing pumpkin bombs at her. Oh, look, it was a movie within yeah. the show. What and a then surprise. somehow, and then somehow he used that, I'm sure, in the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he always used something that we saw set up in the opening sequence, some like special effects wizard or prop or something thing to help him out in the show. And it, okay, this worked for a movie. This does not work for a TV show. One where I loved the movie and hated the TV show. I loved MASH, the movie. I loved the MASH movie. Oh my God, did I hate the TV show of MASH. The movie's brilliant. And I think the first few seasons of MASH and then the finale were very good. Uh, some fantastic. The finale is three hours of them all saying goodbye to each other for three hours. Okay. I have not seen the finale in 20 plus years. I remember it being good. But I, I, that could be, that could be the nostalgia talking, but I genuinely, but I've seen plenty of the episodes in syndication over the years. And you can always tell, you know, the early seasons, I mean, you know, and then, and then it gets to a point where, um, Klinger's not wearing a dress anymore. And I'm like, well, what, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. The, the first, I'd say maybe three seasons, I remember it being really good. And I do, like, I, I remember like then Aftermath and it was like, ooh, and then that, that was a stinker and that ended. But, um, yeah, the movies is amazing. And then the, the TV show, I thought I, I did enjoy it. And technically Trapper John MD is also based on the movie because even though there was the Trapper John character in the TV show, the Trapper John MD doctor show is specifically and legally distinct. There was a lawsuit about this. It's the movie version of Trapper John. That is in Trapper John MD, not the Trapper John from multiple seasons of the TV show, which that doesn't get confusing at all, right? Hmm. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Cause, so even though there's, there's two Trapper Johns, one is based on the movie Trapper John, one is the TV show Trapper John, and they're not the same Trapper John. Because why would they be, right? I didn't like Crash, the movie. I thought it was a pretentious piece of shit that was so full of itself and not very well made or well written. I, I liked the TV show. Um, I liked the, the movie parts of it, but, um, I didn't, uh, ever see the show. The show was one of Star's first original productions and it was a connected anthology show. You had, you know, just like the movie, all these different people whose lives would connect at some various points and that would go out throughout the season. So it was kind of an anthology show, but you would have recurring characters. And the main, the, the only actor that's in every episode of both seasons is Dennis Hopper as a maybe crazy, maybe not ex-record executive. Season one was pretty good, but it had a, it had some real pits to it. Oh, and Tom Sizemore is a, a crack addicted, crooked cop. Bet that was hard to play. I was just gonna um, say, so he was Tom Sizemore. And, and season two, Eric Roberts gets hit, Eric Roberts gets hit on the head and think, uh, thinks God is telling him to build a stadium for a new football team in Los Angeles. And I, I enjoyed this show for the most part. That does sound interesting. I don't know, I don't know if that ever came to DVD or not. It's stars. I know they, they do a lot of, the, I mean, they put like, uh, a lot of their stuff This was out. early original programming, though, so... Here we go. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one. <laughs> Six bucks. I might pick that up. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Oh, and there's... Um, oh, oh God. <laughs> Season one, six bucks. Season two, 47 bucks. Uh, okay, then. Do you remember Starman, the show? Yes, with, um, with, with the airplane uh, guy. I'm okay with Starman, the movie. I mean, I don't... It's not one of Carpenter's best. I don't like it, but I don't dislike it. I like the TV show better. I like the movie. Like, I actually, let me rephrase that. I love the movie. 
I think it is uh, it is such a departure from Carpenter that shows that he can do tackle just almost any subject. And uh, it it really Jenny it's, Hayden. It's just terrific. And yeah, the uh, the TV show with Robert Hayes, Robert Hayes. Uh, I remember really enjoying the show, but the show was more or less an extended version of the movie if if i remember it correctly the, well the, the tv show was it was him and his son yeah and, and it was uh it was the fugitive with aliens they were it, it was it was the incredible hulk it was the fugitive they were on the run from the government so every episode they would go to a new town he would robert hayes would learn something new and his son who's half alien would start teaching him things and they were searching for jenny hayden and they would narrowly avoid the government and then they would move on and go to the next town and learn their new adventure in that one it was I mean, I know it's episodic television, but it was really, really episodic. Was it Colonel Troutman was chasing them? I was thinking more um, from Werewolf. I was thinking the Werewolf Hunter from the Werewolf show. <laughs> yeah. you know, remember how he would almost catch them? Every almost week. catch him oh, every episode. Driving away. And oh. he would just get away. Yeah. But Werewolf was awesome, though. I, I enjoyed Werewolf. But yeah. we're not talking about that. No. Now, one that, that you and I are going to have to revisit because I do want to do a From Dust Till Dawn retrospective this year. I, I've only, I've got the first season on DVD. I've only seen the first two episodes of the TV series, which I didn't think were very good. But I've heard the From Dust Till Dawn series gets really good about halfway through season one. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. So, uh, I just, I know the, the movies, although, the first movie is really the only one that counts. Two and three are awful. It's the only one that matters, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, the uh, I heard the series does really pick up. Well, one that I thought was a good idea but not done well. Remember the Crow Stairway to Heaven? Absolutely, I was going to bring that one up. Uh, you had Mark Dacascos, and it. I like Mark Dacascos too. I love he, Mark. I Dacascos, didn't think he yeah. was very good in this though. Well, he was a good Brandon Lee lookalike. It just, it was silly because like the first episode I watched was the one where he was having a flashback to like being an Indian and he's like running through the, the woods in like, you know, full Indian garb or I, you know, I Native American, it was, was and, he but he's Eric got the Draven? crow makeup. Uh, yeah, he was Eric Draven. Okay. And, but it was like Eric Draven in time. It was like. It was really, uh, it, it was just, it was odd, but it, I don't know. It, it had a certain, it had a certain charm to it. I, I, I think largely because Mark DeCoscos was just so likable and, uh, it was silly seeing how, you know, the directions they went with it. But I mean, he still had, you know, he's trying to reunite with, with Shelly and, um, they had, uh, like Sarah who was still 13 at the time. And like, yeah, so I, I think city of angels didn't happen in this continuity. Yeah. It, it was like, this was after the first, uh, show. I mean, but it went on for 22 episodes and, uh, uh that's one I would actually, let's see. Two, two, ninety. I think this I, I'm pretty sure that's on DVD. I'd oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This. It happened. It did. Uh, it was cause this, uh, city of angels was 96 and this was 98. So this happened, uh, after, but it, but it didn't, you know, that, it had nothing to do with it. I, yeah, I would definitely go back and, and watch them again. There was just, there was a certain, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. Oh God. Top dollar was, I'm looking at the list again. Yeah, top dollar was still alive apparently. And then, you know, there's the obvious ones that we don't really need to talk about. You know, there's Highlander, the series, Stargate SG1, stuff like that, that we don't really need to talk about. Do you remember Beastmaster, the series? I loved the first movie, hated the second one. The third film I'd prefer to not acknowledge exists. I remember being so excited for the TV series, especially because Mark Singer's back. What they didn't tell us is he's not Dar. Yeah, they had uh they had a a guy who was like he had like skull nunchucks. Skull chucks? Skull chuck yeah, I I don't like I mean but you remember what I'm talking about, right? He and like he, he would uh he he had like there there was this a sorceress who was like hot and uh, then there was like the evil guy and yeah it was uh it was really i mean it was more in line with the first movie but it was just r silly i remember it being very hercules the legendary journeys visual style wise oh lots yeah of lots of cgi morphing shit. 
I remember this. Yeah, I'll say it. I I think even though it was based on an established franchise, it was a complete. It was a ripoff of Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. They saw how popular that was and said, "Okay, Beastmasters now a show in this vein." Yeah, it totally was. And uh, and it's, I'm with you. I well, to a certain degree, I love the first movie. The first movie is one of my all time favorites. Uh, the second movie uh, is silly, and I really was annoyed that they did the fish out of water. And then the third one, they tried to go back and it just didn't work again. The, uh, the TV series, I, as I liked Hercules, the legendary journeys, but I went back and was watching like Beastmaster. I'm like, Oh God, these are so bad. They are really, really bad. I caught a couple when I was, uh, when I worked channel 32 that they were still running some of the old, you know, like the, what the final season. And I caught some of these and went, wow. This is just painful, man. What do you consider something like, now we talked about it on the Poltergeist retrospective, but like Poltergeist, the legacy. Is that really based on the movie when it's really not? And the only references are in later episodes quickly referencing the first two movies. Is Poltergeist, the legacy, a TV series based on a movie or not? I'm 50-50 on that because I think it was never meant to be, but only after fans bitched did they throw the references into the first two movies? It was a name only thing. And then it kind of became something different, but yeah, it was, uh, it was quite different. Like Friday the 13th, the series, but that was actually good. Yeah. 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 The front, well, the Friday the 13th, I wonder what the story, like, I don't know the full story behind that. Why it was uh Friday the 13th. Cause really could have been named almost anything else, but were they writing the rate, the name recognition of that or yes and no. The origin of the show is they were they wanted Friday the 13th, the unlucky day kind of connotation. Not necessarily the movies, even though they were Paramount and it was Frank Mancuso Jr. who did the movie, you know, who produced all the movies and did the TV show. It wasn't even called Friday the 13th. It was only called Friday the 13th, the series here in America and Canada. Everywhere else in the world, it was called Friday's Curse. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That's another one like Poltergeist where it is and it's not. Yeah, like that, like Freddy's Nightmares is absolutely Freddy Krueger doing an anthology series, whereas Friday the 13th, the series is by far its own thing, just under the Friday the 13th umbrella. You know, there was no hockey mask or anything. Well, the last one I want to talk about tonight, Blade the series. Ah, good. I'm going to go out on a limb. I really liked it. I know fans hated it. Fans of the Blade movies hated it. I remember it got horrible reviews when it came out. I watched all 13 episodes, first run. I really liked Blade the series. I did. I thought Sticky Fingos was not bad. I will concede, though, one of the main complaints, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, where Blade's not the main character. Yes, it's all about Blade. Yeah, the the new characters kind of do take over the show to a degree, and I do understand why people complained about that. Like, you know, Blade's a supporting character in his own show, but I really liked all the new characters, too. I would say, if anything, like, it was Blade, but it was Jill Wagner was really the star. Like, because the movie, the show did revolve around her, and usually it was Blade kind of rescuing her and, and do, you know, kind of training her and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I, it, is it as good as the first two movies? No. Sticky Fingers surprisingly did a really good uh, job. The only thing I didn't like, I thought he's, his voice is like too raspy, seemed like it was a put on, but he didn't talk very much. And but the action was good. The fight choreography was good. Uh, I liked Jill Wagner a lot. I thought she made a really good um like supporting character, even though she ended up being the star of the show. And it was just cool. Like it was it was neat. It was um was that on FX? So it Spike. was it was on Spike. That's right. So it was like violence. Like there was like blood. And I mean, it wasn't uh there was no nudity that I actually I think there was nudity in the pilot that got released on the DVD and when they showed it in like Europe. But um in the US, you know, it got cut. But the violence was still in there. And I remember it being like relatively bloody because, you, you know, you couldn't have you can't have a vampire show without some semblance of blood, like something being bloody or somebody being, you know, decapitated or something. I actually consider, though, Blade the series one of my biggest disappointments ever because it's how we never got a Moon Knight TV series. Remember, in the pilot episode, they name-drop Mark Spector as an expert on werewolves. The season two premiere 
which, you know, it didn't get picked up for a second season, was going to be a two-hour Moon Knight backdoor pilot where Moon Knight comes in to save the day and he and Blade team up and then Moon Knight was going to get its own his own spinoff and they got as far as costume tests before Spike pulled the plug. I'm pissed off as Moon Knight is one of my all-time favorite Marvel Comics characters that this was the not Moon Knight series that we never got. Mm, I would have loved that too. Now, the the big rumor that I've heard from many places is that that is um one of the next Netflix Marvel series. I've heard that too. Is Moon Knight. Yeah. And I want that to happen before the comics bubble bursts. I want a Moon Knight series because we're not going to well, get a Moon uh, okay. Knight movie. But a series would be awesome. With Moon Knight, with Moon Knight, it all depends on what iteration of Moon Knight you're talking about. Because the current Moon, well, the current as a couple of years ago, maybe this has changed. The current, the current-ish Moon Knight is a whiny, mopey bitch, and I don't want that Moon Knight on camera. I want '80s Moon Knight as a TV show. And not the whiny, mopey bitch that's currently in the Moon Knight costume. Yes, I know it's still technically Mark Spector, but he spends... He's like a 90s depressed teenager from the issues I've read, just moping about his life and how bad it is and how hard it is to be a superhero. And Shut the f*** up and go beat up some bad guys, you asshole. Mopey bitch. Yeah, I want uh I want the the 80s Moon Knight as well. The 80s and 90s Moon Knight uh was just it where they kind of they really revamped the character but made him like, you know, brought him back and made him cooler with the new artist in the in the 90s. That was Bill, that was early Bill Sienkiewicz even though even though he admits he was aping Neil Adams style. That was Bill Sienkiewicz, man. Oh yeah, but it's it's still great looking, you know, like Oh yeah. But it's but it's not the Bill Sienkiewicz normal heroin induced style. Mhm. Why do you think then, to end this out, why do you think when a movie becomes a TV show, it tends not to be so good? Is it just the limitations of the different mediums? Is it something like with RoboCop where you, you're forced to dumb it down or, or neuter it? Or is it like with FX where this premise just does not lend itself to a weekly show? I think that um, it comes down to budget and time, much like video games, where they're like, hey, we got this movie coming out. We should do a video game adaptation. With that, it's like, hey, we've got this uh, property. We have this movie property. Uh, we own the rights to it. Let's crank out a TV show. So a lot of times they'll just crank it out and it almost quality of it is secondary there here's 10 bucks go make a show now the ones that end up being good are the ones that they actually put some effort into but uh, unfortunately for various reasons maybe come out at the wrong time or they go up against uh, some other juggernaut or uh it's or it's just a bad idea altogether but i think that there's like anything there's good and bad but a lot of times i think there is way more bad than there is good but you know who's actually pretty good, even though he's a good, bad flicker, would be Cecil. Where could people find him? You can find me being good and bad. Uh, and flicking. And flicking um, over at uh, goodbadflicks.com as well as goodbadflicks on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and that wacky old 1201beyond.com. Imagine that, 1201beyond.com is where I can be found as well. You can contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.